you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. And he is alive and on the throne and has made a way for you. Amen, amen, amen. If you have your Bibles today, Mark chapter 6. I'm going to begin with verse number 45 from Mark chapter 6. I recognize that the time is a little later than normal. And so uh, I will only take as much time as I need this morning. Mark chapter 6. Wake up your neighbor and tell him that was funny. Or my feeble attempt to be funny. Mark chapter 6, verse 45. And straightway he constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go to the other side before unto Bethesda while he sent away the people. And when he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. And when even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he alone on the land. And he saw them toiling and rowing, for the wind was contrary to them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them, walking upon the sea, and would have passed by them. But when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit, and cried out, for they all saw him. And were troubled. Not one of them saw him and believed. They all saw him and were troubled. And they all saw him and were troubled. And immediately he talked with them and saith unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And he went up unto them into the ship, and the wind ceased. And they were sore amazed in themselves. beyond measure and wondered. Verse 52, and this is what I want to draw from this morning. For they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. I'm going to bring you a storm survival tip this morning. If you're in a storm of life, 
to say there's about three types of people in the world. You either just came through a storm, you're either in a storm, or you're about to be in a storm. I'm going to bring you a storm survival tip this morning that could literally save your life if you're ever in a small boat in the middle of a storm. Remember the title of this message this morning. Don't forget the bread. Don't forget the bread. Father, we need you this morning to speak to our hearts from your word and what you want to say. I pray today, God, that every heart in this room is open to what your spirit wants to speak through your word this morning. We believe you're going to speak to hearts and lives. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Turn to your neighbor before you do and tell them don't forget the bread. We have one baptism already scheduled. If you choose to join in this morning, it's going to be perfectly fine. At the conclusion of this message this morning, we're going to have a time of prayer, give you an opportunity to come forward. One's going to already be scheduled for baptism, but I hope and pray that by the time we're done this morning that somebody in this place makes a decision to serve the Lord. Don't forget the bread. To be in this kind of situation is a hor horrible situation to be in. Now consider with me in this text what had just transpired. The Lord had just performed a great miracle of feeding 5,000. After he had fed 5,000, but the next day, those that were closest to him, those that were carrying the baskets, had already forgotten that he had already made a way out of no way. And so they had forgotten the miracle of the loaves. Perhaps the miracle had become so common to them that they were not even noticing the daily miracles of life. Often we've been challenged in this society. You know, I've been in and around the church my whole life and this is all I've ever known and I've watched the dynamics and the shifts of the church and more recently we've been challenged over the last several years to pray bigger prayers to ask God for greater things, to ask God for big miracles. And we have seen some amazing miracles that could only be a miracle from God. And so we can get, we can get intoxicated on believing for all of the big miracles and fail to recognize the daily miracles of the loaves. Maybe it had become so common with them that they weren't even noticing or believing that it was a miracle that God had given them their daily bread. We must be careful to never forget the miracles that God brings in our lives on a seemingly daily basis because they forgot the miracle of the loaves. The Lord allowed them to get into a storm and now the scripture in our text has them stuck in the storm. God literally allowed them to be stuck in a storm pattern in their life. You know what I'm talking about. You know some people who are in a storm pattern. In other words, you're in one storm and before that storm ends, the next storm is coming through. 
I grew up on the Gulf Coast. I know what late summertime can mean when you talk about storm patterns. Before one storm comes through, the next storm is already on the horizon. It's like life sometimes. This all happened. God allows them to be stuck in the storm. They were rowing in their little boat. They're rowing, but they're not making much headway or any headway in the middle of the storm. We've all been there. Not backslidden, not giving up on the Lord, not throwing in the towel, but, but really not making any headway toward God or, or life. Uh, I've been there. We, we all go through these times in life. It seems like we pray about it. We listen to preaching. We read books about it. We try to figure it all out on our own. And still we seem to be stuck in the middle of the storm. So what do we do? We row harder. We work harder. We worry more. We struggle more. We fret more. You know, I'm not talking to those this morning that have returned to an old lifestyle of sin. You're trying to serve the Lord, but spiritually it seems like that you aren't making any progress. You aren't moving forward. You're just, you're not making headway. The Lord said, I'm just going to leave you in this pattern until you can remember your daily bread. I want you to remember the miracle of the loaves. Oh, you, you remember you remember all the miracles, right? If I asked this morning, some of you could stand and say, yes, I remember the miracle. I remember when, when my child was sick and we prayed and God brought them through. I, I, I remember when, when COVID hit and we didn't know what, what was going to be next, but God made a way. We, we, we remember our family can celebrate when, when COVID struck my my family and my wife on chemotherapy because of cancer is sent into the hospital and she admitted when she left, she said, I looked back at my house and thought I may never return in the house and four days later she comes home because God made a way. We don't forget those miracles. We, we remember those miracles. We remember when we pray for specific things and God makes a way for us. We remember all the big things. When, 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 when the miracle that he did is, is life-changing, but it becomes easy for us to forget the bread. The bread he gave you yesterday. The breath he gives you today. The little joy that he gives you along the way when the rest of the world is filled with turmoil and suffering and pain. When you look at your family, and, 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 and I know comparisons are bad, but sometimes when I look around me at my family, I just have to look and say, thank God for a good wife. I didn't deserve this. When you forget the miracle of the loaves, you're opening yourself for God to put you into a holding pattern that will cause you to remember. Somebody maybe came in this building today and you've been rowing in the life, in, in the storms of life. And you have kept rowing in the storms of life. And right now maybe you're troubled about it. 
Maybe you're in God's will, but you're questioning. Maybe something seems to be holding you back. You just can't seem to go forward. You're rowing. You're worrying. You're stressed. But you're not going anywhere. It happens all the time. And the idea that I'm bringing to you from this text this morning is that could it be that storm is ordered of the Lord? And it may be because we forget the miracle of our daily bread. But I have good news for you. God won't leave you rowing in the storm too long. That he doesn't show up in the midst of the storm. Can I be very clear to you this morning? I've been in some very, I've walked through some very dark days in my life. I've had some very dark storms in my life. I don't have time to give you personal stories this morning, but I will tell you that I've walked through some dark days in my life, but I have never been in a storm that eventually God did not show up just at the right moment. Might have not been when I thought it ought to be, but he showed up at the right moment. All of your worry and all of your rowing will not get you through the storm. It will take God showing up to save the day. But everything that he is doing to help you remember that you cannot make it on your own. God is challenging us this morning to remember the miracle of daily bread. Remember the loaves so that he can come and deliver us from the storm. Sometimes the storm is about a lesson to cause us to remember. Let me break this down a little further and unpack this scripture a little more. God will bring miracles into your life to save you. But often he may even allow you to get into the situation because there is a lesson that he needs to teach you that there is no other way for us to learn the lesson without having to deal with the storm. I quote this all the time to you, that the trial of your faith being more precious than that of gold, though it were tried with fire. It is, it's not dealing with gold. It's talking about the trial is more precious than gold that's been tried in fire. It is the, it is the, the test. It is the, it, it is the storm that is precious. But you don't see it when you're in it. You have to come out the other side to look back to recognize, oh, so that's what God is doing in my life. He's God over the storm, but he's also God over the small things in your life. There are some things that only God can do. There are some storms that we must row through, but there are some storms that all the rowing in the world is not going to get you through. You need the Lord to show up in the middle of the storm. In those situations, we need Jesus to show up and get in the boat with us and speak to the storm. I know about those storms too. I've walked through those storms. Let's look at what is happening in our text here. Jesus had been teaching them. He had healed the sick. 
And then they had all witnessed one of the greatest miracles that filled 5,000 bellies with five loaves and two fish. Get this picture. They're all walking in faith. They've all got the victory that that they sang about. It was a wonderful time. But then Jesus says to his disciples, get in the boat and row to the other side and I will meet you there. Now I have, see, those of you that know me well know I have too many unanswered questions to get in that boat. I, I mean, first off, where are we going? How long are we staying? What are we doing when we get there? And who all is going to be there? Because if you tell me that a man that lives among the tombs and the Gadarenes is going to be there, uh uh-uh. That ain't your boy. Send the rest of the disciples, but I'm staying back. I'll be here when y'all get back. But see, they knew none of this. They had to trust God with blind faith. And their blind faith led them into a storm. Uh Uh-oh, I feel the tension in the room right now as I'm speaking to some people that I challenge often to trust God with blind faith and just say, hey, I'm going to trust God because this is what His Word says. This is what His Word declares. It's not what society says. This goes against culture. This is not, but I'm going to do it because this is what the Word of God says. This is what He is challenging me to do. And, and, And those of you that are built like me start all the questions of, no, 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 I have more, I have more questions because I need to know where, where I'm going. But the Lord is challenging us this morning to say, come on, CLC, you need to just step in and get into the boat because I have taken care of daily bread and I have taken care of blind eyes. If you'll just trust me and get in the boat, it may end you in a storm, but I will show up in your storm. See, you and I have read this passage. We know they arrived on the other side. We know when they arrived on the other side, they met a man that was possessed with a legion or many demons. But but they, they didn't have that information that you and I have. I'm glad I read the book. They had to get in a boat not knowing any of those things. It's like Abraham when God said, go out. He went out. The Bible said he went out without knowing. I feel like such a sinner up here this morning because I struggle with that kind of faith. To just go out without knowing. To just take a step of faith and not know. But sometimes God reminds me of the greatest things that he not only has done in my personal life, that he's done in this church, he's done in every aspect of my life, is when I had a word from the Lord and I stepped out by faith and declared, I'm going to do what God says do. And when I do it, he comes through in, in a major way and shows himself with power. But my greater question in this text is, did the Lord know Did Jesus know that the storm was going to blow up in the middle of the night? Well, of course he did. And yet Jesus sent them into 
the storm. I want you to turn to your neighbor and just say, Jesus sent them into the storm. Wow. And I thought all along he was my friend. But he sent them into the storm. Listen, he is your friend. And sometimes it's the storm that is sent to save you. Sometimes it's the storm that is sent to make you. Sometimes if you try to do it on your, if you could do it on your own, you will. Sometimes God's got to put you in a storm to where you've got to cry out to him because he's the only one that can. Knowing what was going to happen, he sent them into the storm. It was a test of their faith and willingness to be obedient. Sometimes the Lord just says, get in the boat and row. Sometimes I come in the office, I meet with the staff, and we're trying to figure out what to do, and we don't know what to do. And they look to me for all the answers. And unfortunately, I have to say it in front of my wife because she thinks I know all things, but I have to tell you, sometimes I don't know what to do. Sometimes I don't have the answer. And I'm supposed to be the leader, and I'm supposed to be the director, and I'm supposed this is when we have to recognize that I'm not the leader, that he is that I don't always know the way that he does. I can speak to every priest in, in, of, of the home in this room. You're not always going to have the answer for your family, but he does. You're not always going to know the way to go, but you've got to just take a step of faith and say, I don't know what to do, but I know this much. Give me the paddle because I'm going to start rowing. I'm going to start rowing until he comes on the scene. It may be a storm, but just keep rowing. You may have walked in here weary and tired, but I want to just throw you a second oar this morning and say, keep on rowing. Keep on going because eventually he will show up. In your storm. Oh, give him a shout of praise for that this morning. See, when, when we forget about the miracle of, of the loaves, our heart, get, our, our, our heart gets hardened and we set ourselves up to start believing that we can make it on our own. Then we pray and nothing happens. We fast, but all we get is a storm. We show up to church and everybody else is talking about the great service, but we feel like we're still drowning when we walk out the door. The Lord knows that anybody can believe and have faith when you're looking at your miracle. It's easy to have faith. It's so easy for me to have faith this morning because I know some things. But when I don't know and the storm is coming, it requires faith. Anybody can trust him when the news comes that you've been praying for. And you know, we all say, well, I knew it all the time. But did you really know it a week ago? Did you really know it two weeks ago? Can you remember the miracles of the lows when the troubles come on Monday? 
See, I'm not talking about Sunday when you're in church and they're singing about giving praise to a miracle worker, to a way maker, to the the king and Lord Almighty. See, then we're all, our faith is encouraged and we're strengthened and, and all is well. But what about on Monday or Tuesday or Thursday when everything's not going so well and you're struggling and you feel like you're alone and the addiction is eating on you and you're weary and well doing and you're you're wondering what to do and it feels like the storms of life see you're in the storm and you're just rowing and you're rowing and you're rowing do you still act like he's in control what about when the spirit's not moving on you and there's nobody singing and there's no that the pastor doesn't answer the call when when you make it and and there's nobody there to to, to agree with you and 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 join hands with you or pray over you How strong is your faith then? We leave God no option but to put us in the storm and tell us, just keep rowing. How long will you row when your life is dependent on it? How long will you row when the storm of life keeps raging? I'll tell you how long we will row until he shows up to deliver us. Sometimes we think the Lord doesn't know what we're going through, but could it be that he not only knows what we're going through, but he ordered what we're going through? Sometimes it seems like the storm is so strong and the temptation is so heavy and the problem is so severe that God certainly doesn't know where we are and what we're going through. But I have a word for you today. It doesn't matter if the world is against you. The Lord still knows right where you are and right what you're going through. You know, my wife has that little thing in her car that they follow us everywhere we're going. Oh, you actually have it in your pocket or in your purse. But before it became popular, you know, it was just connected to the car. And one time our car got stolen. And the criminal thought they had it made. And so they just came, simply called OnStar. And when they did, OnStar says, yes, your vehicle is on I-65 headed north towards Chicago. And they ordered the police to intercept the vehicle. Can you imagine what that group of four juvenile delinquents were thinking when they're driving down the road and all of a sudden the car decelerates and slows down to 35? And And just about time the car gets on the Wabash River Bridge just north of Lafayette, they said, okay, shut it off right there. With a police in front, a police in back, and you're on the river bridge, and the car stops, and the doors lock, and the windows won't go down. All because of one little app called OnStar that has control of the vehicle. See, the driver thought they were in control, but they really weren't. Because all along, while they thought that, oh man, we're going to go have a joy ride and enjoy what's going on, they had no idea that all along there was a power that was greater than them that was going to 
control what is happening in your life. Long, bef long before there was an OnStar, there was a God of heaven that was watching every move that you make in your life. And when you think that you're in a situation that you're in control, God says, put a storm there because I got to teach them they're really not the one in control. They're really, see, they forgot about the daily bread. They forgot that I woke them up this morning. They forgot that I gave them daily bread, that I gave them health. So I'm going to allow them to go through a storm so that they are reminded that I am still God and I am still in control. God still knows what's happening in your world. Maybe he allowed the storm to remind us that he's Lord over the storm and he's also Lord over the loaves. Someone asked, why would the Lord allow me to go through this season of struggle in my life? I heard that one preacher say that the Lord wants me to be successful. Listen, success has never caused a man to be faithful. But faithfulness has caused many to become successful. I know I don't have a platform on the American stage today, but I'm going to tell you what the world needs to hear. They need to hear fewer messages on how to be successful and more messages on how to be faithful because faithfulness will bring success. Success will never bring faithfulness. God did not call you to be successful. He called you to be faithful and to trust Him. It's easy to be faithful when success comes. I think I read somewhere that if you will be faithful over the small things, if you will be faithful over the few things, then I will make you ruler over many. So God says, I'm just trying to help you remember that I am responsible for your daily bread. I know some of us fail God and end up in a mess. But can I just challenge you this morning, if you're one that feels like, yeah, I slipped and fell this week, Pastor, I, I, I went back this week, I, I, didn't, I didn't make progress, I want to throw you a lifeline this morning and tell you, you're probably in good company. Why don't you just pick up a, an oar this morning and declare, I'm going to just keep on rowing because God is on the way. The Lord is on the way. Jesus is about to walk into the middle of my, keep on rowing until he shows up and begins to speak into your life in the middle of the storm the Lord is saying I want you to be faithful to me no matter how bad it gets I recognize some storms we bring on ourselves but he'll even show up in the middle of that storm you may feel like you're not getting anywhere with your rowing and you're not on your own, but you're doing what the Lord says. But that doesn't mean that you're out of the will of God. It just may be a test. Jesus didn't give them a weather report or tell them anything about the storm. He just told them, get in the boat and row. I've got to hurry this morning. I'm out of time. Often the worst kind of storms are the ones that you don't know. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there it is. I, I know about that kind of storm. I, I'll never forget that Tuesday evening in May 
when my wife and I were driving, actually on our way to, on vacation to Texas to visit my family and celebrate my dad's birthday and spend some downtime. We had the new RV hooked up. And we're on our way in that Tuesday evening at 6 p.m. when the phone call came. Mrs. Jordan, you have cancer. The world stopped turning. At that moment, fear replaced all faith. At that moment, my mind was blown. The storm was raging. Oh, I want to stand up here and tell you I stood up in that vehicle and I spoke to cancer. I didn't. I cried with my wife. We didn't know what the future was going to look like. Over the last 17 months, my wife said it right, the darkest days of our life, when only just six weeks, two months ago, six weeks ago, the doctors became overly concerned and began to give us all sorts of signals that things were not going to be okay. I remember along the way when the doctor said, well, I have some good news, but I also have some bad news. You were stage 2A, now you're stage 2B. You're going the wrong direction. I know about a storm. I know about the struggle. I know about laying awake at night trying to figure out, surely there's something more that could be done. Surely there is another answer. John's gospel said it like this. The wind blew softly. And out of nowhere, the storm called Eurokladon appears. That's the way it was. We were moving into our early 50s and our kids are getting married and life is going good and Finances are finally getting where we can look up and actually see bottom. It was supposed to be somebody else, but now it's the diagnosis that nobody wants. We had witnessed all the miracles. We had seen a lady that literally laid in the floor on Delphi Avenue before we moved in this building. Tracy Kuzman, Marna Blodgett, both RNs, very skilled, no pulse, no breath, 17 minutes passed, no hope. And we watched God raise her up and put life back into her body and continue to serve Him. Oh, we celebrated, but now the diagnosis it's not with somebody else. Now it's here. We know what the struggle is. We know what the trouble is. I know what it's like to walk through a storm. But this week, we walked into the doctor's office. We didn't know what the doctor was going to say. We knew what we were hoping that he was going to say. Because they did, they did some tests last 
last week, week before last, week before last, they did some tests, ran a PET scan, looked very closely. Why are ribs breaking? Why are all these things happening? The doctor came back this week and he said, Annette, he said today, this was Friday, he said today, go ahead and stop your chemo today. He said, there's no cancer that we're seeing. You're in remission. You're in remission. See, he'll never put you in a storm that he doesn't show up. Your answer may not be our answer, but I'm coming today to tell you in the middle of the storm, look around you. Jesus will show up and speak peace. Somebody give him a shout of praise today. Give me just a couple of more minutes to reach the close of this message. This is the moment that we're most susceptible to the enemy after you've been blessed. The church celebrates a new building four years ago this month. God's touched so many lives. We baptized 11 people last Sunday. We have seen so many incredible things happen. Since January of this year, we are approaching somewhere near 50 people that have been baptized this year. God is doing amazing things. But then life still comes. Somebody says, why is it good for everybody else, but not for me? It's called life. The car still breaks down. The boss still gets upset. The children still get sick. Everything seems to be unraveling in your life. Is there anybody here that can relate to what I'm preaching today? God is just simply saying, I want to see what you're made of. Here is the storm of your life. Keep on rowing. Keep on rowing. When I looked at my wife, when she was so weak and hardly able to get out of bed, and I would say, rest in this morning, she would say, there's no reason, no reason for me to lay here and watch service online and be miserable. And the day she looked at me and said, it is doing more damage to me emotionally to lay in this bed and watch a service online than to get up and go to service. I know the doctors warned me it's better to not be around people. I know, but she said, I'm going to get up. You want to know why I believe she is here? I believe there's two reasons. The first is God and he gets all credit. But the second, because she didn't lay down and quit and let the storm run over her. But she got up and said, I'm going to go to the house of God. I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to live life. So maybe God is just saying, I'm going to put you in the storm to see what you're made of. i got to close this morning. The Bible says that they rode about 25 to 30 furlings into the sea. That's about four miles. Understand with me that the Sea of Galilee is about eight miles across any, from any direction. So understand that they rode about four miles in. You know what that means? They were in the middle of it. Why did Jesus allow them to get in the middle before he sent the storm? Because he didn't want to leave them any easy escape route to say, I'm going to bail out of this.
If you walked in here this morning and you're thinking about quitting, you're thinking about giving up on God, the Lord has allowed you to get in the middle of the storm and that's just, I didn't miss words when I said it, in the middle of the storm because it's just as far either way you go. What you need to do today is run to Him and say, God, I need you to show up in the middle of the storm and to speak peace into my life. Come on, there are no quitters in the house this morning. We are all in this together. We are in the boat together. All the disciples were in the boat together. Come on, we're in this together. You can't quit. You can't lay down. You can't throw in the towel. You can't stop rowing. You've got to get up today and say, today I am trusting that I'm going to look on the horizon and see Jesus walking on the water to see Jesus coming to where I am. And when he gets there, he will speak peace in your storm. He will speak peace. Stand with me all over this room this morning. There's no reason to panic. No reason to ask. Because yes, God knows where you are. And He is simply waiting for you to realize the same God that put breath in me this morning, the same God that saw me through yesterday, he gave me my daily bread. He fed me when I was hungry. That same God that made a way is the same God that's God over your storm. So my challenge to you today is think about the storm. Think about the bread. Focus on the bread. And no same God, different storm. Because that need for bread would have been the greatest the greatest storm of life had he had just said I'm going to hold back the bread but he fed them and he also showed up in the storm wherever you are in life this morning I want you to know there is a God that knows right where you are and he's watching every move that you make if you're in this room this morning and you don't know God and you've never made a decision to follow him, I want to make a challenge to you today. The best thing you can possibly do today is to give your life to him. Somebody ought to shout amen to that. The best decision you've ever made is a decision to follow the Lord. We have a clear promise in his word that if you will draw nigh to him, he will draw nigh to, to you. In just a moment, I'm going to invite you to step forward. You can step from where you are and walk forward. It'll be the best few steps you've ever taken in your life when you walk to the front of this room today and you declare, I'm making a decision to follow him. His word is so clear. He says, if you repent, he's faithful and just to forgive you because he is a forgiving God. Repentance is not anything mysterious or magical. It's just simply this. It's a decision to turn and to go another direction in your life. When you make that decision to turn your life around and go another direction, he will meet you at the point of that turnaround. When you step toward him, one step toward him, he'll run to you. And he's calling you this morning. If you've never made that decision, today is your day to come. 
and to repent of your sins and to pour your heart out to him. We have water ready, robes ready. We'll put you in the number to be baptized this morning and we'll baptize you in Jesus' name. And then there's a wonderful promise that when you rise out of that water, you rise in newness of life to walk in the fullness of truth and in the Holy Ghost. He will fill you with a wonderful gift of his spirit, with the gift of the Holy Ghost. It is your promise. It is how you can survive in this troubled world. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed all over the room right now. Father, I pray you give courage to every man, woman, boy, or girl in this room right now. And Lord, when I make this invitation in just a moment, God, give them the courage to step from where they are and charge the front of this room this morning with determination and decision to say, I'm tired of going my own way. I'm tired of living in the storm with no hope. But that today, Lord, they can see you running to where they are in the middle of the storm because today they've been reminded that you gave them their daily bread. Give us courage in this room right now. Somebody shout in Jesus' name. Come on, shout in Jesus' name. Now, right now, as you're, as, as you're making that decision right now, I'm going to make that invitation to you. If that's you, if you're in the house today, maybe you're here today and this is your first time. Maybe you want to come and become reacquainted with him today. Maybe it's just been a while and you want to come and give your heart to him afresh and anew. Whatever it may be this morning, I invite you to step from where you are, walk to the front of this room today and say yes to him because he cares for you and he's reaching for you. He's the God over your storm. He's the God of your daily bread. God bless these that are responding today. Join them. Join us here. Join us here in the front of the room. As our baptismal team is preparing or preparing this morning, join us here in the front of the room. There's room for a lot more here in the front. Our altar workers, step forward and help us this morning. Oh, yes. Will you meet me here again? Oh, yeah. I'm not enough unless you to meet you this morning. All I want Come on, let's just turn this whole room into a prayer are. room right now. You Nobody's visiting you right now. Let's just fill this whole room with prayer. Not enough unless, unless you come.
します。